and the red corner coming in at seven foot and five hundred pounds the terror of partridge green chris tempest taylor hello hello it's me i'm excited for the fight and in the blue corner, coming in at six foot fuck and boasting an impressive left and a right hook, it's Grant Gargantuan Howard. Let's do this. Let's get ready to rumble. <laughs> Hello. Hello. It's Hearty Dice Friends. It's fight night. It's fight night. Has everybody it's, drunk it's... their fight milk? <laughs> uh, it's... You know the song Saturday Night is Alright for Fighting? Yes. Well, it's Friday morning, which is pretty close to Saturday night. So we're going to be doing some fighting. We're going to brawl. Oh, yeah. Put on your gloves, baby. It's or Box don't. O'Clock. Leave, leave your gloves off, baby. It's Box O'Clock. Yeah. Get Put in, in the, the box, box, baby. It's boxing time. Do you that know what boxing is? Because I'm not sure. <laughs> no, I, I assume it's just uh, essentially a very formalised waltz. Everyone gets in Two half-naked men in a ring. That sounds nice. Mm. We asked you, and by we I mean me, asked he, you. He did ask and, me. And, and by you I mean the listener, for your matchups, your RPG versus. Mm-hmm. Um, or to put it in Street Fighter X Tekken parlance, your RPG X's. <laughs> <laughs> Why did they get to have X there? Oh, because they're radical. I guess I guess X means like a collaboration rather than a fight, doesn't it? Well, it's cross, right? Like 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 how you can you can spell it Xmas, yes, in a sort of cross Chris, right? Okay, yeah, or motocross, moto X. Yes, or Motox. Yes. <laughs> which or is your name, Exifer. <laughs> which is a brutally violent form of Botox. Mm. Where you just stand in the middle of the track during a race. <laughs> get, get, get increasingly terrified until your face just sort of firms up. <laughs> or just peppered with machinery. Mm. So we decided to have this happen. And so also because it's quite a popular format on mm-hmm. podcasts, who would win in a fight? That's true. So we just there's, thought, why not bung it in the whole podca- one episode? We'll yeah, there's a whole podcast built around this, but I figure there's not quite enough meat in here for RPG themed who would win in a fight every week. There's <laughs> barely enough meat on the skinny carcass of please ask these two idiots questions. <laughs> <laughs> that horse is a sick horse. Do you need two idiots to guess at something? Well, where are your men? Please ask us questions about things we're at least tangentially related to. Hearty dice, friends. Yeah. So, Chris, without further ado, actually, do you want some further ado? I'd, I'd love, I'd love, I'd love to do. Bit of further ado. Let's have a think. About it. We're launching a Kickstarter soon. We are, like, imminently. Imminently. That's not really news. Though. Everyone knows that. Yeah. What have you done this week? I done this week. Yeah. Uh, what have we been up to? We went to Tabletop Gaming Live. We did. We went to a con. Thank Christ, I forgot about In that. In beautiful yes. Alexandra Barras, London. I liked Alexandra Palace. It was nice. It's a greenhouse. Yeah, it's a big greenhouse which had a load of board games in it. Take a greenhouse uh, and then stuff a load of nerds in it. I bought some nice yellow paint. Mm. So that was good. Chris got, Chris got a, a Polish board game about investigating crimes. Yes. The world's smallest playing board. Tiny. So tiny. 
we talked about our jobs to people yeah, talk- who listened. Yeah, Chris was insightful, which I was. I'm sure I'm always impressed by. I'm really insightful. When you put Chris on stage in front of a microphone, there's me, there's Muggins over here. Like, oh, hello. Oh, I'm a big fucking idiot. Oh, la di da. And then, and like, sort of like clowning around, eating anything I can find to sort of get a rise out of the audience. The scenery. And Chris just, yeah, and Chris is literally chewing. And Chris um, leans over and just says, I'm going to say something incredibly insightful and then lean back in my chair. I do like and- a good lean back in the chair after a point I know is good. Mm, mm. So I'm I'm always very impressed um, with your output at panels. Uh, we did that. I also talked on a panel um, about comedy and games mm. on Saturday, which I hope wasn't recorded. It was. It's going up on oh. YouTube. Okay. Well, you can tune into that if you want to see me get increasingly frustrated with a man called Bez. <laughs> <laughs> also, James Wallace is there. James Wallace is there. James Wallace was fine. He yes. like he 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 led the panel admirably. And I even got to sort of slag off his game writing style halfway through to his face, which is always nice. Delicious. Mm. We did that. It was nice. Um, kind of glad we did an exhibit there because there was not there weren't any role playing games for sale. Yeah, there oh, were no, sorry, a there was there was uh, leisure games were there and they had a couple. But yeah, um, I th- it was their first. It's the like first it. year for tabletop gaming live, and I think the mm-hmm. second year they're going to have learnt a lot from this year. Yeah. Um, I think it would be bigger and more varied. It's, yeah. It began as very board game, war gamey, mm-hmm. um, and I hope next year they can introduce some more of the role playing storytelling games. I think, I think for which what we, we might famous. want to what we might want to do is get our foot in the door there, Chris, and try and get ourselves associated with their role play track. Yeah, we could be the cool ones. Oh, I'd love to be a cool one. I've never it's, done it before. I've got to say, Chris, it's great. <laughs> okay. <laughs> On that subject, ask me a question. That's not on that subject. Anyway, ask me a question. On a separate, unrelated subject, <laughs> would you like an RPG question or the question that is burning a hole in, in, in my soul right now? Um, I like All the questions this week are going to be fights, so okay, whatever. The first one mm-hmm. is Mean Girls versus The Breakfast Club. No, it's Mean Girls. It's a better film. That is incorrect, and I don't like it when you say it. Nothing really changes at the end of The Breakfast Club. What do you mean? Everything changes. No, they just go back to normal. But they've realised who they are as people. Yeah, but it doesn't change their relationships with one another. No, because the relationships are forged in the show! Like, Lindsay Lohan starts off as a foreigner who's come over from South Africa and then learns... Was it South Africa or just Africa, Africa? I don't know. Anyway, she comes over and she and like she, she gets she gets like led in to the plastics and then they betray her and she gains revenge. But in the end, she, like... She learns to accept everyone, right? She put like she brings everyone up. It's great, and plus that happens ha- exactly that in the Breakfast Club. Plus, it has pre-fall Lindsay Lohan in. <laughs> that is true. Pre-cataclysm, antediluvian mm. <laughs> Lindsay Lohan, um, who was just one of the best-looking people uh, of the era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like just so, so good-looking. Um, and, and funny, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, your breakfast club, I don't know, right? What, Molly Ringwald's in it? Sure. Molly Ringwald's in it. Like, it's just an, it's an astonishing show. And it tells it almost exactly the same story as Mean Girls. In a different, more clever way. And it's beautiful. It does, don't it say bad that, things about Johnny. It does have a good soundtrack. It does. It does have probably the best the voiceover from a film I've ever seen. Well. Okay. 
Anyway, that's um, not RPG related. I just wanted to get that one out of the way because it was asked. Now, I will say one thing. We didn't really answer the question. Oh, it's breakfast. It wasn't, it wasn't which one do you like. It's who's going to win in a fight. Oh, well, in that case, the breakfast club is there's definitely more... going to win in a fight. That does have a couple of people who've been in a fight. Yes, and there's cars. They've got cars. I got cars in Mean Girls. Do they? Yeah. That's true. Lindsay Lohan, uh, Lindsay Lohan has Africa magic as well. She can summon lions. Wow. There's that bit towards the end of the film. Where she goes on safari. No, she summons a lion. Oh. Yeah. Did that actually it, happen? It's hugely appropriative. <laughs> it's awkward for them. No, you've seen the film, right? <laughs> I have. But now I'm thinking, have I just forgotten the lion bit? <laughs> she doesn't summon a fucking lion with voodoo. That would be amazing, though. Uh, would, there would be certainly be a twist. Actually, on this subject... Um, Steve also asks this was um, Steve off Twitter Purple Steve mm-hmm. one Africa sized Vatican or a hundred Vatican sized Africas so for actually fighting mm-hmm. and in current day a hundred mm-hmm. Vatican sized Africas are going to kill a very large Vatican mm-hmm. yeah All, hmm. I don't know we need to look at the size of the Vatican Standing Army versus all the Standing Armies of Africa. Right, and there's a lot of those. So, if you then shrink it down, I think there's... Hmm, I don't know, like like, pen, like pence per ware, pound for pound, there's probably more soldiers in the Vatican than there are in Africa. I, if, you look at, if you look at the surface area of the Vatican. I'm going to argue that there are more guns in Africa than there are in the Vatican. Very true. Yeah. And also, I don't care how big the Vatican is. Those the hundred hundred Vaticans of Africa are gonna have the ability to get in and start fucking it up. Mm-hmm. They're behind enemy lines. They're inside. They're yep. wreaking havoc. I will also say, I really want to visit an Africa-sized Vatican. That would be beautiful, wouldn't it? I think. I think that's just forty k. <laughs> I think it is. Yes, it's the, the Vatican is already fucking huge. Yeah. All right now. Uh, let's let's try let's try something a bit a bit meatier. Okay, give me something maybe answerable. Uh, Charlie Etheridge Nunn says, Will, "Wizards, familiars, or Ranger companions?" Mm. Because the Ranger's companion is mm-hmm. primarily a vicious animal. It's a big wolf. The Ranger found right. However, a wizard's familiar is a bog standard house cat. Mm-hmm. That can deliver spells. It can deliver. It can't cast them. Oh no, that's true. I guess the wizard would not be part of the combat. No, like we're we're, impl- we're implying the ranger is not part of the combat. Right? Mm. So what you've got here is a particularly dangerous wolf, or a bear, mer- or or b- wolf, bear, panther, squid, mm-hmm. dolphin, um, celestial ox, murdering a cat. Which is only slightly more intelligent than a normal cat. Or even like a frog. And the noise frogs make when they die. Oh, it's the worst. I guess if a wolf kills a frog, it's probably quicker, because I've only ever seen cats kill them, and they like to play with them a bit. Have have you ever seen a canine creature kill a frog? Um, no. It's not quick, my friend. I mean, do they not just sort of chew it up? What happens? They do what they always do with meat, which is grab and shake. Oh, right, yeah. That is not a pretty day. Because cats just like to toss it over the head a few times. Yeah, no, a dog... I've One of my dogs has caught a toad once and shook it. Mm. it That's got to be cool. an unpleasant mouthful for the dog. I would assume. 
I mean, obviously the toad comes off worse. <laughs> yes, they don't get out of it scot-free, really, do they? Mm. Now the, I think I think it's definitely Rangers. Yeah. Just in terms of in, in terms of operating as a as, as a sole agent. Yeah. If, now, if the if the owner, as it were, were involved, then Wizards Familiars might get a bump in power. But still, I mean, the Ranger could possibly just shoot the familiar. <laughs> yes, that's very true. Or the wizard. Well, let's let, let's assume. Okay, okay. This is this is a Pokemon style battle. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Instead of trainers, you've got wizards and rangers. Mm-hmm. And instead of Pokemon, you have uh, Dire Wolf. I choose you. What's well, not? Can you get a Dire Wolf familiar? Uh, there's templates you can stick on stuff. I'm yeah. Sure. So so you throw down your um, pocket ball. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know the terminology. <laughs> you drag over a ball large enough <laughs> to fit a bear in it. Uh, <laughs> An ominous opaque sphere. No, I've just got this idea of like one of those inflatable Zorb things you can go down hills in, but with a big bear in it, and then you have to like coax it out of the opening. I like to imagine that it's like a a large wooden sphere that's, that's, that's like rattling back and forth, <laughs> with air holes and caution bear written on the side. Yeah, yeah, caution bear in, in in every language known to man, and like you've been bothering the bear, like 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 smacking the box of the crowbar. <laughs> just really riling that bear up. Just yeah, like like talking off key to it, letting a B in there occasionally, that sort of thing. And then you push it forward, shoot the lock off, and run. <laughs> and the wizard's familiar by comparison has been asleep on a chair it's, in the wizard's been a, study recently. Has been asleep under the wizard's hat or some shit. <laughs> I guess. I mean, the wizard can also rile up his house cat. Yeah, but that's only so riled a house cat can get in comparison to a bear. <laughs> Now you can now you can deliver um, spells with a range of touch through your familiar. Yeah. Um, uh, at range, we'll assume that the familiar is in range. I'm, you could do things like um, so. You can't do power word kill or anything. It has to be a touch spell. Mm-hmm. Does it? Or can you? Or like, or like, can you cast a fireball out of your familiar's mouth? I can't remember the rules. I think there was a point where but, you but, could use the familiar as a point of origin for a spell. Shall we pause the podcast and look it up real quick? Yeah, okay. So we're back. We are back. Um, there are a large list of spells you can cast to your familiar. None of them are really exciting. No, aside from none, jump. Like very few of them are, like, None of them are attack spells? Well, shocking grasp. Okay, that's it. Yeah. Spider climb? What happens if you cast spider climb on a spider? Does it fly? No, the, the, the familiar delivers the... To the touch spell, so... Th- well, it, well, it was touching a spider. Oh, okay. Then they can just do what they normally do. Ah, so it's just climb. Yeah. So, the problem is, casting spells... So, like, you're going to get one shocking grasp against the wolf, mm-hmm. and then that wolf is going to eat your frog. Yes. Unless he's, th- unless he's killed. I don't think you're going to kill a wolf with a shocking grasp unless you really beef it up. No, it's definitely the ranger's companion. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for asking a question. Thanks. What fight is next on the docket? Albears or bear owls? Asks Sal. Okay, so let's just quickly run through what they are. So an owlbear, mm-hmm. as we, I'm assuming, all know, is essentially a very large bear with an owl's head and like feathery forearms, feathery forearms and talons, and it's a nasty piece of work. And uh, also, owl's head appropriately sized. Yes, uh, a bear owl is an owl without feathers. I think 
that the 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 suffix animal determines the size. I would agree with that. So it's a normal sized owl with the head and arms of a bear. But again, the the head and arms will be appropriately sized for a normal sized owl. Can it fly? Because I, I I think if owl bears can't fly, bear owls should be able to fly somehow. Yes, but interestingly, sure without how. wings, because the front arms are bare. Maybe they just leap about like the Hulk. Yeah, they just leap from tree to tree. They're very aerodynamic. <laughs> very strong. Aside from the arms. It's all upper body. Yeah. Um, I'm having trouble being comfortable thinking about a bear owl. Mm. I don't like the idea of them descending on me and killing me. I th- I'd like to think that the owl bear would kill the bear owl just so I don't have to deal with it. Yeah, I think, I think well, like, w- what we're dealing with here is bear versus owl. Yes. And if it's a fight, bear go and kill. Unless the owl flies away. But, but then that's not a fight, that's a chase. That you is know? true, yeah. Yeah, like, we've got to assume that these all these fights are happening in a closed spherical system, such mm-hmm. as um, the Final Fantasy ten upgrade tree. <laughs> or Blitzball? Was it Blitzball? I get Blitzball, those two things yeah. confused. Because I remember that the upgrade tree looked a lot like Blitzball. It was very confusing, the upgrade tree, yes. Yeah, it was largely impossible to pass. Fun fact, um, I, I broke our PS2. Well, my cat broke our PS2. And then Chris and I repaired our PS2, which meant that um, we took the outer casing off it and then put games in it by cracking the top half of it off, putting the disc in, and then weighing it down with a shoe. Yeah, taking the top half of the CD drive off. Yeah, putting the disc in, then putting a heavy shoe. I I think the shoe had coins in it, and it was only to keep the PS2 closed. Yeah, Yeah, it was was the CD saver. It was very much a student house, mm-hmm. and then that broke, and then so like I, I I had a job by that point, and so one morning I went down to the shop, and I think it was eighty quid. You got a PS2 and like two games, mm-hmm. hundred quid or something. So we, we we splashed out and got it, and I got Final Fantasy ten, uh, and I don't think I've ever been less happy with a game uh, <laughs> since I got. Uh, Legend of Zelda: A Link to the Past for my seventh birthday and could not understand. So eighth birthday and could not understand what the fuck was going on. <laughs> Didn't get past the first level in that. Got very very sad. Spent oh, forty quid on that. But so yeah, sad. Final Fantasy X is fucking impossible. And that laugh. Yeah. All the characters are terrible, aside from maybe Yuna. The anyway, summoner. sorry. The, this is not sorry. The yeah. Summoner, yeah. This, this is not a complaint about Final Fantasy podcast. Although I would like to do one of those. <laughs> I would have to. I would have to <laughs> New Patreon coming next again. week. Would like, I would have to play them? <laughs> we force ourselves to play every Final Fantasy game in sequence. No, not in sequence. Can we do them in reverse order so they get worse? No. Well, not worse, I guess, but harder. Bearing in mind, the MMO is one of those Final Fantasies. You can complete MMOs, right? I've never played one. Yeah. Yeah, sure. We need another fight, Grant. Yeah, it's your question. It is my question. <coughs> uh, so, Dylan asks, Elminster or Rincewind? But Rincewind has a deck of many things. It's uh, Elminster, mate. Yeah. Elminster's natural wizard. Yeah. Elminster is a horrendous GMPC insert. Yeah, uh, even to the point there, of just looking like the author. Who is there to smoke a pipe and get the players out of trouble. Mm-hmm. Or get the players into trouble. And just, he is basically a fleshlight for the GM. <laughs> a lot of 
a there masturbatory is, aid for certain Tory backbenchers. There is a there is a um, there is a theory that your that your characters and games are um, are environment suits or diving bells for imaginary worlds. Mm-hmm. And Elminster is just a is just a, a fuckable hole, um, which 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 you, which you can um, put your dick into the game through. Yeah, we had those in our LARP though, so I can't really That's I fair. can't really. But the phrase I had the phrase I had in my in my head was you can't, we can't really throw eggs. <laughs> I mean, it's completely possible they're too heavy. Yeah, um, we're very weak. Would you like we a different? Would you like an, a, a more difficult really question? Stones. Yeah, I mean, unless you've got another opinion on this, I honestly, I honestly insight. don't. I completely agree with you. Yeah, unfortunately, like um, Rincewind is by definition rubbish. He's feckless, and he, like he happens to surround himself with people who get the job done. One, but, one's one's essentially a demigod. Uh, the yeah. other's real lucky. Yeah, it's going to be the demigod. But here is an actual RPG question. Wow. Okay. Lawrence Phillips asks Vecna in D&D versus Nyarlathotep from Call of Cthulhu. Mm, okay. I'll explain who Vecna is. Okay. You explain who Nyarlathotep is for the uninitiated. Certainly. Vecna is a hugely powerful lich who ascended to godhood. Mm-hmm. Um, there, he? His? Her? He. He. Um, his hand and his eye have survived as relics, and you can replace your hand and eye with them mm-hmm. to gain magical power, and also you get a bit evil. A little there, evil. There's a popular joke about the head of Vecna, which kills whoever puts it on, because you have to cut off your head to put it on. Yes. Uh, who's Nyarlathotep? Uh, so Nyarlathotep is one of the... Oh, I can never remember the classifications, but one of the Elder God types in Cthulhu Mythos. Like, he he's akin to Cthulhu, right? Yes, that sort of... Power he's not, level. He's not an outer god. Not an Azathoth, but like yeah. in some um, storylines, he's the messenger of Azathoth. Yeah. Um, but Nelthep has thousands. I guess and he's thousands like an of, angel, right? Kind of. Yeah. He has thousands yeah. and thousands of different masks, mm. um, and so shows up all over the place mm. um, in different guises, from giant cyclopean tongues known as the bloody mm. tongue. There's one called the bloated woman. Okay. Um, just, just, just like she hasn't had her activia. Yeah, uh, oh, I feel a bit bloated. There's the the black priest sort of Egyptian style mm. one, or just like, 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 like Egyptian occultist sort of thing. Yeah, or just like warehouse workers who pops mm. up as in published adventures. Um, yeah, but generally not immediately evil. Mm. Will talk to people and will let them live rather than a, just you are nothing to me. Goodbye. Yeah, amoral rather than evil. Whereas Vecna is proper evil. Yeah, real criminal I, type. I don't think Vecna would know they were having a fight. <laughs> no. Um, Vecna um, is a big old evil lich and very and like very much into magic. Mm. A huge fan of manipulating magic. And Nilothotep is. The trickster gods, trickster god. Yeah, it's like it, it's literally like a, a necromancer versus a trickster god. Mm. I mean, it's like the best necromancer. Don't get me wrong. Oh yeah, it's a top tier necromancer. The absolute biggest, but shit hottest. There's only so many skeletons you can throw at a puzzle before all you've got is a pile of bones. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, how could Vecna win? Uh, so Vecna could win by potentially. Powering up further. Mm. Uh, in Ravenloft, there was 
the person trapped within the the realm that Vecna occupied okay. um, was Cass, his first lieutenant, the one who cut off his hand and took his eye. Oh. Um, and there was a lot of back and forth about if Vecna could well, deal with they? him and get <laughs> and um, get his bits back. Ah. He would then ascend further and become more powerful. Double god. Mm. So maybe that would give him a fighting chance. I also think that so so like summon Azasoth is mm-hmm. a spell in Cthulhu. Yes. So we've got to assume that Vecna, being the world's ultimate wizard, knows that spell, and can maybe have Azasoth fight Nilarthitep. I I think that would be more like uh, Azasoth turns up like you haven't put your documents in. What? What is that, my dear Azathoth? I said by Monday on my desk that report needed to be in. You just so, so it's more like summon dad. It, it's more. No, it's more like summon boss. Like summon boss. Yeah. Summon regional supervisor. Yeah. Although we say it like. Yes, this is very true. Uh, well, come to think of it, um, the main relationship that Nyarlathotep has with Azathoth is flautist. Yeah. Is that he plays. Music for Azathoth to enjoy. Azathoth. Uh, can I, this is such an annoying name to say. Azathoth's DJ. Uh, minstrel. Jester. Minstrel. Hype I, man. I don't know. I like I like DJ because then like he can play Azathoth's mitzvah. That's true. Yeah. Good work on not gendering Azathoth. <laughs> <laughs> I did my best. <laughs> How big would the chair have to be? <laughs> <laughs> All of creation lifting a leg. <laughs> I got a question for you. All right then. The last character Grant played versus the last character Chris played. That's fans since that since that one in. Alternatively, we can have the first character that we played. Who's the last character you played? I last played a very narcissistic Knight of the North Docks on a podcast for you last year. I think it was year before. The last character I played is a very narcissistic knight of the North Docks. <laughs> uh, not on a podcast, but yeah. Um, I, I will say that, that my character has a medium advance and yours didn't get one. <laughs> no, because mine was my game was the length of a podcast recording. <laughs> Which was, I believe, the last time I played an RPG game. My character has a boat. Oh, Mm. That's very nice. I think I I hid for a lot of this. Yes, you spent a lot of time hiding, letting the letting the people who run who ran the podcast do the thing. Yes, I did. That's good of you. Yeah, I thought it was quite nice. Should we go for our first character then? Yeah, I'm trying to remember my first character. My first character was Ulfgastrakheim, <laughs> um, a man, a dwarf named before I knew how to name dwarves. Yeah, it should be Bromley Goldbeard. <laughs> um. But Ulfgastrakheim was a dwarf wide boy. He was a ranger, and then he took a couple levels in fighter. Um, just really utterly useless as far as optimization goes. Uh, and it was in Chris's campaign, actually. My, my very first. Mm-hmm. Wait, no! Oh, no, Chris, that's wrong. I'm sorry. Ulfgar came second. Yeah, because you played Zobatsu and things like that before, haven't you? I never played. Oh, okay. Uh, my first actual character was, was Smoke, a brain waster from Slay Industries. I was, yeah. He looked like Robert Smith after a cry. That's <laughs> so all the time. Yeah, yeah, all the time. Uh, brain wasters are uh, goth psychics from Slay Industries. 
there's Ebons and Brain Wasters, and the main thing, the main difference between Brain Wasters is and and, and Ebons is their the Brain Wasters eyes overload. Okay. So it looks like like the burning and patterning on their faces means like it looks like they're permanently wearing really heavy eyeshadow. Right. That's about the difference between them. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I have a psychic who can summon a knife made out of psychic energy, but mainly clean his suit with psychic power. That's that's pretty cool as a character goes. Mm, yeah, it's pretty cool. What about you? So my first character, absolute first character, was a fighter. Mm. That is the entirety of the characterization. Didn't okay. have a name. Didn't have anything, and it was to mm. run through the starter set mm. of the of the era. In right, I guess the early nineties. Well, I'm very sorry, but um, Smoke had a gun. Yes, my character had a sword and didn't mm. know the rules to the game. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know the rules to the game because it was Slay Industries. No, so, that's completely know. impossible. But I did have a gun. I had a, I had a, 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 a ten millimeter pistol. Yes, I think so, yeah. your character would have obliterated mine. I just shot him in the leg, yeah. Yeah, just walked off. But that's that's more of a tech issue. <laughs> yeah. You know? Well, not just that, it's it's a knowledge issue. Like, I, I didn't know how I could play the game. But I suppose you're playing the archetypical fighter. I guess. Like, the, the raw potential of your character opens up some interesting options. I mean, mine not, was not really, this was second edition. Oh yeah, no, he's dead. Yeah, so just straight up, just yeah, you, all I can yeah. do is swing a sword once around. You had like seven hit points if you're lucky. Mm. Yeah, okay. Well, I had to escape from a dungeon. Ooh, ooh, a board that I'm, looked I'm, like Hero Quest. Give me, give me a question. I'll give you a question. I'll give you a great question. Uh, Nick asks: a double jointed pirate versus seventeen crabs. One is armed. Um, what's the crab armed with? An arm, I guess. Just as one is armed. Like it's got a, it's got an arm. Yeah, like a human arm. Okay. Um, is the pirate armed? Doesn't specify. With does two it. human arms. Yep. Well, I mean, he's got. He's the crabs are outgunned. Yes, but they're not outmanned. Well, they are literally, no. but you know. They're... Yeah, I mean, like they're also outmanned. He's outcrabbed. <laughs> I think seventeen crabs, seventeen average-sized crabs, wouldn't pose a problem to a human. No, if nothing else, you could just simply walk away from them. Well, we're, again, we're assuming this is a this is a Blitzball yes, style arena. Yes, this is very true. Um, so, like, you can you can underwater. I'd be bothered by crabs, but I think that I've got I've got the uh, the strength of mind to just stamp a load of crabs to death. Yeah, you've definitely got the reach on them, haven't you? Yeah. Now, big ass spider crabs. That's different. Those things are gross. I'm not sure how they'd take me down. I'm not sure how they'd inflict enough damage on me, but they could like get a finger off, right? By smothering you. Yeah, that's true. I guess like like. I'm just not sure how they'd render a human unconscious and then start eating his guts by clogging up his airways. Clogging? Oh, I see. By just just like like pushing a fine spidery t- uh, leg up each of my nose holes. Yes, and down into your lungs, and then they twitch violently. I don't like that. I don't think they do that. That's what they do. Don't go near them. I see the problem with crabs. You need to stand in front of them, can't you? They're fucked. <laughs> yeah. What are you going to do, mate? They oh, they, they oh, can oh, see oh. you. They can see the insults you're hurling, but they can't get to you. Yeah, and then and then and then like also they're just elevated off the ground enough for a delicious punt. Mm. Now I I feel that we should bring attention to the fact that the pirate is double jointed. Okay, I don't think that's going to really affect. So like that that would 
I'd be more impressed if this was a wrestling situation. Mm. But I, I guess think, if the crabs try to climb them. I think your main attack at that point is just to bend your arm in a weird way and squick out the crabs. Mate, have you seen a fucking crab? You couldn't discuss the crab. That's true, and they are trying to get their tendrils down into your lung, mate. We're, we're assuming it's an average-sized crab, not a big monster crab. Oh, okay. Even then, they're trying to get into your lung, mate. I want to, yeah. I want to. I want to put this forward. Uh, this is maybe a controversial thing to say, but I think I would like to see what it's like to kick a crab to death. I can see that. But like, I don't want to actually hurt a crab. That's it. Like, I'm not gonna like because I could just like go and buy a live cra- crab and kick it in the street. But what I want is expensive. What I want, like, I'd be interested to be in a life or death situation against the crab. What that's like. Yeah, I think it's probably over fairly quickly, honestly. It doesn't seem like a very gooey kill. No, I mean, have, have you have you ever... They're all meat. I don't know what the word is. Shucked a crab? Yeah, shucked a crab. Yeah, like, there's not a lot of... Goo. Organs and stuff. There's not a lot of blood knocking around in there. No. And as long as there's, like, a wall I can punt them against. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with the pirate. Yeah, yeah. And, and plus, like, I'm saying, this is me. This is a pirate who who's presumably fought crabs in the past. And has a cutlass. No, it isn't so. And presumably one leg that isn't meat. Oh, man. Crabs are all pinching away at that. Yeah. Idiots. And he's stamping on them with the good leg. Yeah. Brilliant. Question. Pirate wins. Pirate wins. Thank you, Nick. The movie bastard writes in. (laughs) (laughs) What do you reckon the movie bastard's voice is like? Um... I, I, I'd really like it to be that kind of very obsequious critic voice. Uh, I'm the movie bastard. Like, well, it was, I found it very derivative. Mm, well, I thought, I suppose if you liked it, there must be something to it. Really, it's just a remake of the 2018 epic The Meg. They do have a, um, a picture of Mad Max as their... Uh, of, of modern Mad Max as their, as their avatar, so I guess they'd sound like... <laughs> <laughs> the movie bastard says Alex Murphy post death pre suit mm-hmm. versus Anakin Skywalker post scorching pre suit. Okay, Alex so Murphy is Robocop. How did Alex Murphy die? Um, he got shot <laughs> like a hundred times by the dad from that 70s show. Okay, and Anakin and Skywalker? Um, Clarence Bottica was the name. Anakin Skywalker fell in lava after he got his legs cut off. By um by the lad from Train Spotting. Okay, I think that this is going to be the saddest fight as they drag themselves towards each other. Now I will say, Alex Murphy is dead. Oh, so does that mean Anakin wins by disqualification? I I reckon that Anakin Skywalker could probably do a ring out, <laughs> just like popping into the wheelchair. Yeah, I don't know how you'd beat a dead man in a fight if you're if you're not dead. I don't know. I don't know where he goes from here. Yeah, so so, so like the movie bastard asked this, and I'm like, oh, that's interesting because they're both cyborgs. They were both rebuilt. That's kind of fun. But actually, yeah, one of them starts dead, and not in a cool skeleton way. He's just dead. I think we might have to start setting some rules. Like it's a sumo fight situation. Like you can ring out. I think I think that that like like we determine the fight based on the matchup. Okay. Yeah. So this is definitely sumo. Because yeah, because um, it's Alex, Alex Murphy going. For, this is this is a UFC stuff. <laughs> it's Alex Murphy's body is tossed over the chain link fence. Well nudged. <laughs> no, 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 like Anakin into Skywalker. the ring. Anakin Skywalker has one arm. Oh yeah, sorry. 
what's left of him? He's got like he's got no hands left. Mm. I remember that much. He's mainly just broken meat. And Anakin also, Skywalker spent some time in lava. Some time in lava, no legs, one hand. Ewan McGregor. Um, like I gotta say, it's fucking hilarious that film as well. Just yeah. like at the end, where he says, "It's over. I have the high ground," and then Ewan McGregor just cuts off his legs and his arm and punts him into lava. <laughs> Look, he does a somersault. <laughs> it's not wonderfully thought out, no. <laughs> I mean, that, so, I think the winner in that one is a very clear win to the live one. Yeah, well, I mean, assuming that isn't... Like, how on earth could you fight it if not... Like, if one guy's dead, how is he still in the running? Yeah. Well, he's clearly not in the running. He's got no legs. Neither of them are in the running. No. Oh. hey <laughs> Go on, then. Uh, Dave Chan asks the Leviathan versus the Kraken okay your Leviathan Mm -hmm. big fish big old biblical monster big fish not it has fins the Leviathan we Mm -hmm. know that much so it's heavily implied we're talking whale fish that sort of thing but more there's a there's a big more on the front big yeah not like a whale where it only eats things the size of a grapefruit no sorry smaller even than that um, Plinkton. The Kraken is a very big octopus or squid. Yes. Now, these creatures already have fights. But yes, and I believe the octopus scale. wins every time. Well, I don't know. Like, you see, like, there's, there's sperm whales with um, scars and sucker marks from massive squid beaks and tentacles. That's true. And we don't know where sperm whales go for about half the year, so it's heavily presumed Ibiza. they go. Yeah, I think. I think honestly, Chris, I think we'd notice them there. Really? Or, or are they are they in a very good disguise? They've got sunglasses on and a moustache. <laughs> <laughs> That's what everybody else sounds like in Ibiza. <laughs> yeah, you've got me there. <laughs> um. It's heavily, it's heavily implied um, by me that they descend to the bottom of the ocean and fight squid to stop them from taking over the land. <laughs> so, in fact, we need to be rooting for the Leviathan. I'm so, well, yeah, I mean, wouldn't put it this way, mate? Would you would you root for a tentacled or a non-tentacled beast in a fight? Definitely the non-tentacled. That is a yeah, very yeah. fair thing. I uh, so one of my fears. We've talked a lot about Chris's fears on this show. Have we mm-hmm. talked about my fear of octopuses? I don't think we have, no. Let's get deep into that and bring it to the front. So I have a perfectly rational fear of werewolves. Yeah. I know that I know they're not real, but what if they were? Yeah, I mean that's like having ballistophobia. Yeah, right. Um The the thing I'm scared most of is touching an octopus. <laughs> okay. Because when I was quite young, I'm probably looking about 11 years old, I went to the Sea Life Centre with my dad. Oh. Uh, and dad, well, dad, dad um, for all of the um, psychoses that that man's ladled upon me, <laughs> <laughs> for all of the madness that man gave me, raising me, he did a pretty good job of being a dad who'd like, like we'd go for walks, we'd go to museums, um, we'd hang out and chat. That was really nice. I mean, like, good. I learned a lot That's that good. way. That was really cool. Yeah. So he did some good dadding in that respect. He was like, my dad was like a great uncle. Mm. Who happened? Who happened to sleep with my mum? <laughs> <laughs> um, now, um, there was a 
section, which I presume they'd put there just to haunt children, which was um, put your hand through these boxes to touch vague approximations of creatures. Okay. And so it's like this is this is what it's like to touch a fish's scales. This is what it's like to touch a whale's baleen, baleen? Um. like the comb teeth they've got. Ugh. Yeah, they were okay. The real one was this is what it's like to touch an octopus's body. And I put my hand in it. And it was some sort of inflate. It was like a balloon. Right. Like a squishy balloon. But um, I put my hand in. And ever since then, I've been... I always had one eye open in case someone drops an octopus on my face when I'm sleeping. <laughs> and since that day, I haven't stopped screaming. Yes. Uh, we, uh, Chris uh, cuts them out of the podcast. Yeah, I'm very good at it. It's, uh, it's, all, it's, it's some, fancy, some fancy audacity tool. Just remove <laughs> screaming. <laughs> it's, it, when you first listen to it, like complete it's, it's mm. very jarring because it's literally anytime you're not talking it's a constant scream that's whenever i breathe in so i hate octopuses i'm getting more into oh and caterpillars fuck caterpillars oh god yes grotesque little larval forms <laughs> fuck off well the little ones i can deal with it's, it's the thumb sized ones that no i just, i don't like anything that pupates that's true you can't trust it can you no because that's that's a stone's throw from egg sac territory Plus, they remember things from before the pupation. They liquefy everything about themselves. Come How back into another form. Remember. remember. This is some Assassin's Creed shit. It's wrong. It's broken. Could it's we against inject, man and God. Could we inject loose memories into the pupa? Could we inject caterpillars into our brain stems? Well, no. I was and, thinking you'd, you'd get like... Oh, I mean, yes, you can, but it doesn't help. Oh, okay. I was thinking you would then get the thing as it reformed around your... Amygdala. Oh, on the subject of um, getting things injected into your brainstem, I signed up to donate bone marrow. Okay. And I was under the impression that they've got some sort of new way of doing it now where it doesn't really hurt, but it no. turns out that's not true. No, they've got the old way of doing it, Grant, the agonising way of getting bone marrow out of you. Where they basically just ream me. They ream, ream my bone's innards they like punch a man a at hole, a particularly posh restaurant. They punch a hole in you and in the bone... To get that juicy meat. My bones are quite tough, I imagine. Have you seen the needle? It's quite big, isn't it? It's a foot long. Doesn't it go into your back? It goes into anywhere where they want to get the marrow out. Yeah, I think I'd rather go for leg or arm. Yeah, but it's not a small bore needle. Mm. I heartily recommend you Google this before you commit to it. Well, I can just get a blindfold. I assume I, assume I don't have to look at it when it's happening. No, but you will, <laughs> you'll still feel it. Do they not, like, numb me in any way? Yes, but it's still painful. They can't numb oh, down so. to the bone. I just, I just, I, I signed up feeling pretty good about myself, and now I'm starting to worry that someone might need my bone marrow. Yeah, if they need your bone marrow, it's going to hurt. If you see, The thing is, if you never sign up, you just don't find out. Like, maybe no one needed it. Yes. That is very can true. You, can you think of a way I can cleanly get out of this? Yeah, don't turn up. I could catch a bone disease. <laughs> That would be the easiest way, yeah. Yeah. I've got, I've got to go rub my bones on shit. <laughs> um, sorry, Kraken versus Leviathan, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, so, we're assuming that the current sperm whale versus giant squid war is on a stalemate. Okay. Because the sperm whale's still going down, giant squid's still pretty rare. We've got to assume they're all confined to whatever um, Pacific Rim-style portal is down there. Yeah. I'm thinking, honestly, it's a Kraken, mate. Yeah, I think the Kraken's a winner. Kraken's got more tactics. Kraken's got, like, 
teeth. It's what's got a beak. Yeah, it can it, it can open the hard outer shell of the Leviathan. What's a whale gonna do aside from bump into you? Yeah, maybe just expel a lot of krill. Like it's limited as to well, it's got a big maw. So That's true, like yeah. it could presumably chew off the uh oh, Chris had just sent me through a picture. Mm-hmm. It, uh, with the title bone underscore marrow underscore biopsy underscore knee. Let's take a quick look at this. Oh, that's more of a shunt. That's a tube. Yeah, they push that through the bone and then Ooh. vacuum up some of it into the gap. Mm, and then I and then I make some more. Eventually, yeah. How much do they need? It's not a small amount. Hmm. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Just need you to be aware of what you've gotten yourself in for. Guess I could unsubscribe. There is that. Just say, like, ah, oh, you know what? My mate Chris showed me this needle. <laughs> I believe I said at the time that you did it, they use a big needle grant, and you went, no, 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 they've got a new way of doing it. Yeah, and then I talked to some other friends about it, and then it turns out um, not not so much that, that they just basically get a hammer, break your arm open, and suck out the innards with a specialised anteater who they trust to spit it back out into a jar. And they, they, they often do it in through your hip bone. That's the what? Yeah, I that, that's... Oh, I use that. Mm. Yeah, you use all of you, Grant. Wow, that's a lot of material they're taking out. Oh, Jesus. Can we, can we talk about something a little less threatening? I'm really sorry, yes. Faint Dreams asks, Grant Howitt versus James Wallace. Grant Howitt will win. I'm not sure about this one. James Wallace, I should know, is a um, is a uh, games designer mm-hmm. um, from England who designed Lady, but not Lady Blackbush. That's John Harper. That's John Harper. Baron Munchausen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew I knew it was a noble blooded person. Uh, Baron Munchausen. Once upon a time, um, and keeps threatening to release a joke game about D and D. Yeah. Why do you think I'd win? He's a big man. Well, you're roughly equal in in size. He's got a few inches on me, but yeah, yeah maybe okay, a roughly equal. But there's there's more there's more of you. I'm not sure that's true. Um, Wallace is has the build of an Oxford scholar. He's he's got he's got the he's got the build, voice, and temperament of a Tory voter. Yes, and you don't have that. Not I that th- I think that. he votes Tory, but no. Um, so yeah, so I don't. I have I have the build of a um, of a freelance RPG writer. Yes. Which not not resound for our robust frames. No, but I still think that you could take him in a fight. Uh, you know what? Thank you. I worry that he might have been in a fight before. Because I've been sorry, he might have taken part in one. Because I was in one, but I didn't really do anything. I think he might have been beaten up before, but not oh, he's a fight. Been, yeah. <clears throat> I'd wager I'm fitter than his. Okay. But not as strong. Because he's because he's he's heavier than I am, so he's he's, he's got he's got to move that around. And he's got kids, hasn't he? So he's, he picks them up a lot. That's weightlifting. He picks yeah, he picks them up a lot. But if he's got kids, weak points. Yes, that's leverage. Threaten that child. Mm. Nice daughter you got here, James. Be a shame if anything happened to her. Well, I think we know what's happening in the next panel at Expo. We'll just clear some tables. Find out for, find out for realsies. Like like tip some tables over in a uh, in a sort of um, rustic pit fight arena yeah. style. Somebody throws down a load of sawdust. Someone throws down a load of sawdust, and then when one of us falls back against the tables, everyone's like Wah! pushes us back in, there, and we're both sort of like sweatily 
lolloping around shirtless. Yeah. Yeah, cool. I'd pay it'd be like that. it'd be like that bit from the start of um the Sherlock film, but um no one really gets hurt. Well, somebody's gonna really get hurt. I mean that's the whole point of this fight, right? I don't know. I don't I don't I don't think either of us have it in us. Well then it's gonna be a long fight. That said, he did fuck me on paranoia. <laughs> <laughs> And I've done nothing to wrong him. <laughs> he introduced a, I'm going to say, difficult initiative system into that game. <laughs> and I've I've been nothing but I've been nothing but polite professionally to him. So I've got the the verve. <laughs> I've got Richard Ashcroft in, but no, I've got the I've I've got the uh, the the fury behind me. Yeah. You set my career back two years! <laughs> if it weren't for you, I would have been in the Judge Dread RPG! Would you want that? Well, money. Yeah, but you would know, you well, want I'd, to Honestly, do... I'd, like to, I'd like to work with Robert J. Schwab. He's pretty cool. Yeah, but like the Judge Dread, is that a license you'd be after? It's a license. Right, okay. Like, would okay, you have fun it... doing that? I think that 2000 AD is fun and camp, and it would be nice to do some research. Also, I'd do it if I can get a percentage of Kickstarter. Yeah, that's fair. Um, which I probably couldn't. Still, yeah, you know what? You know, what, I'd, I'd be interested in, in writing the 2000 AD um, role playing game because that, it, no one's going to expect a story game. You could just fart out a BRP ripoff. <laughs> that's very true. You know, that's all. That's all they want. It's only going to be played by 40 year old men. Yeah. Like no one actually likes Judge Dredd anymore. Why to alienate twenty five percent of our viewers? Viewers, <laughs> no, listeners. Yeah, if you. Well, I mean, just I, mean, I assume they just look at the picture of us throughout this whole this, this whole process. <laughs> Somebody's got to. Um, question, please. Delta Green agents versus Knights Black agents. Uh, Delta Green is uh, military slash FBI versus Cthulhu. Yep. Knights Black Knights Black agents is ex ex intelligence forces versus the conspiramid of global <laughs> vampires. Yes. Same author, I think. Ken Height on both of them? Yeah. Yeah. The, you know what? They're exactly the same. They are largely the same, yeah. You just you just replace you replace Vampire with Cthulhu or vice versa. Mm. Um it's a stalemate. I'm gonna have to say that Knight's black agents would win. Because they have fewer rules for madness? Partly, but also because in, in the narrative they have more support. Yes, that's They're true. They're still they part have. of an active agency, even though it is secretive. Whereas yeah. a lot of Delta Green is about being cast out on your own. Yeah, and like, please don't ask us for help. Yeah, we literally can't help you. We can just point you in the right direction. Yeah, whereas NBA you have... Uh, oh, it's the same same acronym. You can, uh, you can call on Michael Jordan for help. Yes. Especially if it's NBA Jam. <laughs> And that way his head can get all big and he can summon a flaming basketball. And of course we've got the new Space Jam film coming out soon. Come on and slam. And welcome to the jam. Is there any Space Jam film coming out? Who's in it? Uh, I want to say LeBron James, but I don't know. Okay, cool. Um, hmm. So, why don't we get more over-the-top camp sports games? Like your NBA jams, your FIFA streets? So... NBA Home Court is one of the uh, essentially the modern evolution of NBA Jam. 
MBA Home Court sounds a lot like like a like a law like a firm of barristers. It does a bit, but Home Court gave you the ability to essentially activate special moves where you could mm-hmm. bounce the ball off of the heads of the opposing team. That's very good. Um, and do things like 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 dunk the basketball from underneath the other side's hoop. You could jump the entire thing, mm. Mm. Um, and it went into a sort of graffiti-style hyper mode at certain points. That's brilliant, and it's genuinely entertaining and top fun. In FIFA Street, I made a three-man team of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit was just like we just turned everything to white, not like Caucasian white. Yes, um, which was honestly a theme. Going through it. I, I suppose it's difficult to, for people to take them seriously. Like, a lot of people just buy Xboxes for FIFA. Yeah. Uh, FIFA and Call of Duty, and that's it. But I just, is... I think there's so much... I mean, you got Mario Strikers and shit. Yeah. I mean, I want myself... I don't play that shit. I don't play games anymore. I spend most of my life talking to you and writing role-playing games, or painting models. Yeah. Sorry. Thinking about painting models. <laughs> Sticking another part on another ghost. Uh, Russell Jones pits Eileen the Crow versus Miss Frizzle from the Magic School Bus. Okay. Um, Can we both just do our Eileen the Crow impressions, please? Certainly. A hunter must hunt. Do you feel better for that? Thank you. Do you want to do yours? Mine is exactly the same. It's just a hunter is a hunter. I know it's somebody else. Yeah, it's um, the cage boy. Mackenzie I don't know what his um, name yeah. is, but I like the um, deck. A hunter is a hunter, even in a dream. Um, Majestic. You now, can we do our best, Miss Frizzle? I have no idea what she sounds like. A school bus is a school bus. <laughs> Miss Frizzle is a dangerous individual, leading leading yes. these children on adventures. Which I don't care how good your fucking permission slip is. There's no way that the parents signing off on that. Like, hey, hey, we got a school trip. Where are you going? Oh, inside the janitor. Uh, yeah, or outer space. Outer space. Yeah, the past. Mm-hmm. What the past? Well, like, what if? What if my child in gets fact, lo- actually, lost in a dinosaur? That era of children's educational television mm-hmm. is filled with reckless educators. Go on. Um, like you've got the, that dog wishbone. Maverick. He takes, he takes people back in the past and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's a Jack Russell. That's not helpful. Did he have a plain wishbone or am I thinking of a different dog? You're thinking of um, a very nice old lady who lived in a house and had a spotty plane and had like a Dulux fluffy dog. Right, okay. Um, that was anyway, so, shown on so wishbone wheeled in televisions in, in schoolyards. Yes. <laughs> Chris received all of his education chained to a post in the yard. <laughs> Welcome to the rural C- rural Sussex. Chris is a bad man. <laughs> He's done crimes. I see mainly what we had, rather than like actual educators, we had like uh, like look around you, not look around you, look and learn. Mm. Uh, so there was Kez. Yeah, that's um, great. And there was a lot of like direct supernatural threat to children. Yes. Did you expect? have the magic pencil? Uh, what did the magic pencil do? Top. To bottom, round and flick, and it was just this like disembodied glowing pencil that wrote in darkness. Mm, I think so. I, I, I remember it like it was quite. It made quite a nice. 
glowing letter on the yes. screen. I, I don't want my children to be to be taught by a ghost pencil. That's witchcraft. That's what that is. Sorcery is what it is. So Miss Frizzle mm-hmm. is a witch who owns an, a, 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 an interdimensional scientist? school bus. I'd go scientist. She doesn't have any of the trappings of a witch. Really? What? Just because what, what, got... she lives alone. With a cat. Does she have a cat? And she can take people back to the past. In a bus. It's not like it's, it's not like she's gutting a goat and spreading its organs around praying to Baphomet. You don't know what that bus runs on. That's true. She could be filling that with pure unleaded child's blood. <laughs> Just pumping it full of frogs from a strange a strange contraption at the petrol station. <laughs> yeah. The frogs screaming the whole time. Okay, so she has yeah. To be fair, the school bus di- the school bus displays no advanced technology. It just seems no, to do just, the it's thing. It's just a school bus. So we've got to assume Miss Frizzle has the power. Eileen the Crow is a powerful hunter of beasts who gives you advice, and then I believe and, goes and mad. Has presumably yeah, and has presumably survived several of those nights before. Now, I don't mean to alarm you, but I believe, like every NPC in a From Software game, she goes mad and tries to kill you. Is that what happens? Only if you attack her. Ah, I see. So you went mad and tried to kill her. Yeah. So um, in the in the game, like she's often found fighting other NPCs. Cool, cool, cool. Right. Okay. Um, and she gives you advice, and I believe some sort of token. Yes, uh, and an emote. Good. I think she'd fuck Mrs. Frizzle up because she has a big sword or axe or what have you. She has those magnetic knives. There you go. So, yeah, she's. You've got a cold blooded killer mm-hmm. versus a teaching assistant witch. We've got to assume that she's also immortal like the protagonist. No. No, one, no one's immortal like the protagonist. No. Um, versus a teaching witch. However, how does Eileen the Crow fare when she's run over by a school bus full of children? That is the issue, you see. Hello, hello, or, or like, or like, hello, children. Today we're going to learn about inside Eileen the Crow. So we're going to shrink down very small, and then, <laughs> and then, and then, like at the end of the episode, hey, how did we get, how did we get so big? Don't worry about it, children. It's fine. What's that on the outside of the bus? B- residue from inside. <laughs> Either that, or it's it's even more evil and and subtle. Like they, she just goes in and goes. This is the heart. And she just very slowly cuts all the tethers of the heart to the side so it's just loose and just can't function properly. And then they leave and Eileen the Crow dies some weeks later. Or, this is the year. And she goes in and says, Father Gascoigne said you were a douche. <laughs> and she goes off and gets killed by Father Gascoigne. Yeah. There you go. So if it's a, if it's a straight fight, Eileen wins. Yeah, uh, if it's just like one-on-one, she can choke you out. Yep. But if it's anything else, Frizzle takes the day. Yeah, Frizzle's going to Frizzle's gonna shrink down to the size of a blood vessel and then uh, mm-hmm. explode Eileen's head in a, in a spray of brains and school bus. <laughs> Essentially going to telefrag Eileen. <laughs> <laughs> right after you'd summoned her to help out with the bus. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank you for listening to Hearty Dice Friends. This most... F- I'm going to call it... Fighty, no, hearty fight. Shit. Fighty heart friends. No, that's worse. Hearty fight friends. Welcome to hearty. Thank you for listening. To... 
thank you for listening to Hearty Dice Friends Fight Edition. Thank you for listening to Hardy Dice Friends Fights. Uh, I'm Grant Howitt, this is Chris Taylor, um, and we've answered your questions this week, I think, very well. <laughs> we approximated responses, anyway. We certainly reversed our car into some answers. Mm-hmm. Or in, into and around some answers. We backed up nearby those answers. And if you like this, or more accurately, if you like our normal show, where we give it role-playing advice then you can back us on Patreon. Go along to patreon.com forward slash a hearty dose, friends. And then um, sling us some money. A little button on the left. Push that. Say become a patron. Or it might be the right. I don't know. Push it. Become a patron. Give us your cash. Come hang out in the Discord. Come play Destiny with us. Um, Gain exclusive access to your your podcast hosts. Your indomitable idols, Chris and Grant. Someone... Someone posted on Twitter saying, Grant Howitt, what a great designer. He's so down to earth. He took the time to get back in touch with me after I sent him a one-page RPG I wrote. I said, <laughs> of course I'm down to earth. I'm not famous. I've got nothing but time. I'm not doing anything. <laughs> you have exclusive access to us. Um, I guess, exclusive access to us. And yeah. also you get support, which is really nice. You also get access to Hearty Dice Nights, um, which is a dirty episode which we record. Which we definitely need to record. Shut up. Um, if not, if you're not into that, then that's cool. You can follow us on HDF Podcast on Twitter. Send us an email to heartydicefriends at gmail.com. And that is it. We love you. We are going to fight for your honour. But who are we going to fight, Chris? We're going to fight Chris Akabusi. Jesus, he's a, he's a, isn't he an athlete? Yes, and he has that in he has that cackle, which I think functions the same as a witch's cackle. Yes, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's not going to be easy, but we are two on one. That's true. Like I think what you need to do is lay on him. If you can, if you can get at the momentum, yeah, and like hit him, like just knock him down. I don't think Chris Akabusi has got anything on us. All right, okay, so we can either fight Chris Akabusi. Mm-hmm. Or Dave Benson Phillips. I don't know who Dave Benson Phillips is, I'm sorry. He was on children's television in the 90s. Oh, he was on um, You Bet, right? Yeah. Yeah. Big cheerful man. I don't want to fight a big cheerful man. I'd rather fight Chris Akabusi, who I... That's what I mean. Like, Chris Akabusi, like, I could probably get into a proper fight with him. Yeah. But I wouldn't win it. No. Whereas Dave Benson Phillips, I don't want to fight because he's lovely and used to work with puppets. Mm. But I might win. Let's take take, um, DBP. Let's yeah. go for him. This Benson Phillips all the way. All's fair in love or war. Mm-hmm. And this is both because we love you and we're having a war against Dave Benson Phillips. And when I say having a war, I mean we're going to besiege his house. <laughs> Medieval rules, baby. <laughs> Peace. Bye. Bye.